Welcome back to another episode of the Reason to Behold podcast with Tolu Talks and Arnold Reasons. And today we have some very special guests with us. Um, as you guys know, today is Father's Day, so we have three of the of the great fathers that we know here with us. So we want you to welcome them to the show, um, and I'm just going to allow them to introduce themselves. Okay, my name is uh, Peter Goro, and uh, I'm a business analyst. I've been married for seven years, and I've got two kids, a boy. That's five. He's my oldest, and a girl. That's one. And um, when I had my first child, uh, I was 28 years old. Well, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank welcome, you for joining. Welcome. welcome. <laughs> uh, yes. So I am Sam Bajomo. I am a mechanical design engineer. I'm also one half of a social media channel, a YouTube channel, Bibiana Yeti Vlogs. I shouldn't say one half. I mean, my wife was always <laughs> <laughs> the channel. <laughs> Yeah, one tenth or one hundredth, but I'm in there somewhere. Uh, so I've been married eight years, got three amazing children, um, twins. They're six. They're turning seven soon, and our youngest is four. And I was 29 when we started having kids. Welcome okay. to the show. Thank welcome, you. Welcome. Hello, my name's Tim Harris. I am a former gym owner, going on to be a student. Uh, I've been married for seven years. I've got twin daughters who are five, just about to turn six, and I've got an 18-month-old boy, and I was 29 when the twins were born. Mm. Welcome to the show. You guys are all making me feel like I am very far behind right now. Being <laughs> the, no the, the twin anointing is flowing in this room. Uh, and Arnold, why don't you give the people your stats as well, actually? Because I don't think people necessarily know. Oh, wow. So, my name's Arnold. Um, I, I work in compliance and also have a business as well that my family runs in the tech industry. Um, I've been married for, ooh, I believe we're coming on to three years now, and I'm already starting to forget. Um, and we have, um, we've got one daughter. We we became parents this year, and she is four months tomorrow. Four months old. Wow! Oh, wow! Congrats! She would be four months old by the time we release this. So yeah. You should, <laughs> you should be heading to bed soon, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, late late night tonight. Staying up late, late night. Nights. <laughs> and how old were you when you had your daughter? Oh yes, I was twenty nine. Wow, twenty nine. Quite consistent theme. It's all about twenty nine. Yeah, man, it's where it's at. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what is it actually? What What was it going on around that time? That why was it that that's when you guys really all decided to have kids? Because that's pretty consistent. Well, uh, mine was actually earlier. Um, <coughs> Um, 25 but uh, we, we lost two kids uh, so but, you know we're blessed with two you know wonderful kids so if if that was the case I would have had my first myself and my wife would have had our first child at uh, 25 okay uh, yeah 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 and sorry do you mind talking about that a little bit or is that sure no. sure I can talk about it yeah. okay yeah. because because I think it's a it's a really interesting point of view in terms of because I think Arnold and I when he was when his wife was expecting we were talking mm -hmm. about you know when does fatherhood really start and actually mm -hmm. it's not just from the birth of the baby but it's even before that 
So mm. how did you see that kind of that fatherhood journey? Because it kind of almost started for you, then took a bit of a pause. So like, what was that like? Okay. Um, I guess the, the key thing that comes to mind when you ask that question is, um, you know, preparation. Um, as you mentioned, you know, as you mentioned, fatherhood uh, commences the moment you know, your wife says, oh, I bought a pregnancy test and yeah, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your, your, world changes, <laughs> your world changes straight away. Yeah. You know, your world changes straight away because, you know, especially as a, well, for me, I can speak for myself. You know, the moments, uh, you know, we, uh, I learned of my first child immediately what comes to mind is, right, you know, you know, you, you put on your Hercules cape and then you say, right, I've got to provide for, you know, I've got to make sure I have more income because I've got to do this and I've got yeah. to do that. Oh, am I even ready yet? Oh, um, you know, um, I need to make sure I'm, I'm, you know, in the word as well. You understand? I need to make sure that, you know, you know, you know, so that I can be the right example to my children. You know, uh, you know, one thing that comes to mind when you, you ask that question is that, you know, uh, the, the, the encouragement that God gives to Jeremiah as well as uh, when Paul mentioned it in the book of Galatians that, you know, whilst you were in your mother's womb, that I knew you, mm-hmm. you understand? You know, and, um, you know, I, I, one thing that comes to mind is that I, I've always asked God to at least make known to me what my children, what my child or my children would be like as well. Yeah. So, you, you know, you start even praying and speaking into their destiny and speaking the right things and speaking the right words and speak, well, should I say, speaking the word of God into their, their destiny as well. You know, you, you also have to, you know, contemplate with the idea that you have to also be strong for your your partner as well, because she's going through a lot. And I, I, it's funny because I said this to my wife one time. I said to her that kudos to you. You know, I, my hats off to you because I do not know what it it's like to hold. You know, to carry a child. Yeah. You know, and um, I will never know what it's like. And you know, I, I literally said kudos to you. My hats off to you. So you have to contend with that as well. You know, then if you're maybe from a particular demographic of ethnicity, it's more more so Africa. So my parents are Nigerian, my wife's parents are from Ghana. You know, you, when you have a child, you're not just having a child into your family, but you also have to contend a lot of the time the extended family as well. And you know, you know they're very excited too. So there's a lot of things that you have to deal with on that side too. So in a nutshell, you know, uh, I, I I I'm I'm more of the if you want to say persuasion to prepare. Uh, spiritually in terms of prayer and the word uh, because that helps me that helps in the physical for myself anyway but yeah yeah, those are some of the things that I had to contend with very early on in 2015 and so actually something you said really sparked a question in me that I'd like all of you guys to kind of answer (laughs) so I think you answered a little bit but so Sam for example do you remember the moment when you found out that you're going to be a father and what kind of what went through your head in that moment yeah, okay, so so for me, the whole family thing, I think, kind of started from my mum, you know, because we had the classic setup where my dad was always working or, you know, if he had to work at the refinery in Nigeria, this is like in the east, you know, so he'd be away for a long time. And my mum and my grandmother on my mum's side, they kind of like... I wouldn't say rammed it into us, but they kind of raised us to see that whole the family setup is a beautiful thing. Unity of our family is a huge thing. It was always a huge thing for my mum, and it's a huge thing now. So like my best friends and my siblings. So 
for me, it was like I always wanted to start a family. Okay. You know, so when when we after we got married, it was always the intention to start to start a family, kind of kind of straight away. Okay. So you know we were planning it, discussing, praying about it, kind of preparing. Not that, you know, I'd never had a child and I didn't really do much research. I thought, you know, love <laughs> and the world would carry me through, right? <laughs> so it wasn't necessarily right. <laughs> in, in hindsight, I was like, what were you doing? <laughs> you know, I thought I was on point, but in hindsight, I was like, man, you know, I needed, I needed to be schooled. So, but the thing is, so when when my wife kind of told me, I, I didn't go for the scan. So she went for the scan, um, and then she came back. I was expecting one, and I remember that <laughs> moment where she showed where she showed me that it was twins. <laughs> like, that was she. I was like lost for words. <laughs> At first, I was numb, and then I was like. For real, you have twins in your family, so you weren't supposed to have twins. So yeah. <laughs> brothers are twins. Oh yeah, God. yeah. So then I was like, "Wow, okay, like children are a blessing. Like this is this is you know a double, a, blessing, double blessing. blessing. Yeah, yeah." So <laughs> then I allowed myself to enjoy it, and then what? you know I was relieved the ecstasy came in. So yeah, I was yeah, it was that was amazing, and then just the whole process of. Uh, as the babies start growing in the womb and all the trimesters and how they were so different as well. Mm. I went to the, the subsequent scans and Noah was all over the place. It was moving all over the place. I was like, yeah, he's going to have those fast twitch muscles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> and I tell, no lie, Olivia did not move for like 38 weeks, man. Wow. She wow. was just chilling the whole time. It was yeah, it was amazing. So yeah, when when I found out, yeah, I was a bit, you know, uh awestruck or a bit, you know, lost for words. And then, you know, all the emotions started coming and I was I was actually I was actually glad, yeah, because the whole intention was to to start a family. You know, we love kids and yeah, we're looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. What about you, Tim? Uh, I think I'm, I'm quite similar to that. Um, I'm five years older than my wife. When we got married, I was 28. She was only, she was 23, and I'd always been quite keen to start family. She knew that I was uh, quite keen to start family. Um, so we we'd only been married three months when uh, Sarah got pregnant. Wow! <laughs> not, not very long. No but <laughs> three months. And, and we, we've been married three months, but we've been together for three years. Wow! Now. So, so, so we've got a lot. That's the reaction you get from most, from a lot of our like, secular friends. Oh, champion! Like, oh, you rushed into that. Blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a similar reaction. But then they'd all say. Um, but if you're in a secular relationship and you don't believe in all this God stuff and get married and having kids and stuff, you know, there's, there's loads of people out there that have yeah. together, be together for a year or something. Exactly. They're, they're not worried about getting married. Yeah. They'll have kids and stuff. So yeah, yeah. If, you, if you take the marriage out of it, we've been together for three and a bit years. Yeah. And I think that's a significant amount of time. And we knew, we, we, we knew each other so well and stuff. She knew I wanted a kid. 
And um, we don't have twins in our family either, but I, you didn't have I actually prayed for twins. We didn't have twins in the family, wow. but I, for ages, for ages and ages, I'd wanted twins. Yeah. And everyone knew, Sarah knew that I wanted twins, and I'd prayed for them. And what, there was one time when we were very early on in the pregnancy, and um, we, were just, we were just in bed, and we were really quiet. And she goes, why have you been so quiet? I said, oh, I'm just having a little pray. She kind of looks at that. Better not be praying for twins. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and um, so then, yeah, I I went to the twelve week scan with her, and I texted my brother the morning of, of the scan. I said, "Oh, do you want to take a bet whether it's twins or not?" And he just texts back, going, "Ah, just let me know how it goes along." And then I see you go in there, and the midwife, the woman doing the scan, she says to you, oh, we just want to make sure it's a viable pregnancy and, you know, the baby's healthy and all yeah. this kind of stuff. So I'm sitting there, kind of like, get on with it. My wife's getting nervous, <laughs> like anxious, thinking, oh, it's going to be bad news or something. And she put the, they put the little thing on and they do a sweep. They do an initial sweep, which lasts about a second. They literally just scan straight across the tummy. And I could see the screen. And I thought that I could see two babies on it. And she took off instantly. And Sarah's like, oh no, something's wrong. And she just goes, before, before I go any further, I need to let you know, there's two in there. <laughs> Sarah turns to me. I'm, I'm there just like, ah! <laughs> like <laughs> And Sarah like looks at me with this death stare and she's like, I literally, I, 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 I was just, I've got my hands on my face crying, just like, I, I cannot believe this. Yeah. And um, they, they, you're supposed to have all the other tests and everything, but they said with multiple pregnancy, yeah you have to have a cooling off period because this is this is like a shock and any decision you need you make after this you need to have you need to have some time to come down from this yeah. news before you make any big decisions so we we went away and i texted my brother like you are not going to believe this <laughs> there's two in there and he was just like you, you he, he, no one believed us for quite a while everyone that knew we were pregnant knew that i wanted twins so that was uh, like it was it was kind of God's Sarah says it was God's sense of humour because he's like, if you want twins, you can have twins. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. God's got sense. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what. So I mean, it was pretty mind blowing. It, it was a magical time, but it was really good. My parents were in Australia and they like skyped us at six o'clock in the morning their time. They'd like, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Pretty, it was exciting. Yeah, as you say, you, you just get on board with it, don't you? got to go with it, you know, get excited about it. So we were excited. I went, with twins, you, um, you have a scan every four weeks. So with a, with a single pregnancy, you go for the 12-week scan, you go for a 20-week scan, and then that's it, unless mm. there's anything goes on. But with the twins, they need to check on us. We had a scan every single four weeks. Mm. So they're the same, um, but you feel like you get to know them. You know, you've seen them every four weeks, and one of them had the hiccups every time we went, and they're like tangling each other and there was one where they turned around and one of them had their butt right in the other one's face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was really cool getting to know them like that and then we had a cesarean and stuff all planned out and uh, pretty cool, pretty excited time. It's easy for us to get excited because we're not going through it like you said, Peter. But for the women, it's like this huge burden on their body physically. Yeah. And, and I just think, yeah, Hats off to them putting themselves in, and everyone's like, Oh, you can have more after this. I'm like, It's not my decision. <laughs>
just put her body through this. I'm not going to demand her to do that again, kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. That would have flown it. No, thank you, thank you. And you, Arnold? Uh, I was... I think I just paused because it was just <laughs> such a surreal moment. That's I, that's what I remember. I remember seeing the test result and just thinking our lives have changed. Like mm, there yeah. is everything after this is completely different from what it was before because we'd been married for goodness, I think two years, um, two years or maybe just under two years when we found out. Yeah, it was just before our two-year anniversary that we found out. And um, and yeah, it was just super surreal. Super surreal because we were both family-orientated, both wanted a family. And I think it's just that moment when you realise that, okay, we planned this, we hoped for this, this is the desire that we had, and now it's actually happening. Mm. Um, and then, you know, like you guys spoke about, the scan... Um, I think the first scan again very very surreal because it's like you, you know the test has confirmed that there's a child inside um or at least one child inside should i even say <laughs> and, then, and then i think get into the first scan when we finally got to see some of this child in our situation it was just super surreal and then i think even looking at the looking at some of the features that were forming I think even then because when we did the scan I remember very early on we both agreed that our daughter looked like me well, well. She, looked, she looked like me <laughs> and the thing is that wasn't even with a lot of detail that was just like from the little we could see the little we could make yeah. out and, mm. and minor manners and then lo and behold months later when she eventually came she's, out she's like your twin she's my photocopy apparently yeah. <laughs> she's like what I imagine your mum looks like if you see what I mean, yeah, like, and, that's, that's how. and that's what a lot of people say as well. That she looks quite like my mum. Mm, wow. So yeah. Wow. wow. No, thank you. And I think so. One of the questions that we wanted to discuss actually was, what does fatherhood mean to you guys? Um, especially as like Christian men, what does that really mean? What does that look like for you? Don't all jump at once. <laughs> <laughs> That's just such a big question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's not me volunteering. <laughs> Bishop Pete. <They're> in order. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Sorry. I, I I think I I think obviously at the start <clears throat> I thought fatherhood was you know the classic sense of you know you are a provider you're the leader of a home that kind of thing and yes that's true and that's what I was kind of running with but then <laughs> but then kind of when it all started to play out it wasn't just that because uh, I would say probably as, as Peter said kind of from the background you know the Nigerian background kind of how that generation ran the home where not that the father is a dictator in any sense but there's like a strict sort of hierarchy mm-hmm. of the man's role the man's obligations the woman's role the woman's obligations and then you know daddy comes home that homework better be done 
if he <laughs> he can randomly pick oh my gosh <laughs> yes <laughs> I love that. Shout out to my dad. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your bedtime is, you know. And I was always that son that was nodding off at like half past seven. Wow. You know, and my dad was always ready to do the homework at eight. And I always started nodding off at half past seven. So that didn't go too well. So that was kind of the strict, the strict order. And I kind of I kind of ran with that. But then when I started my own family and also um looking into into god's word it's so much more about like sacrifice sacrifice is also about submission it's also about when when you're married the meaning of marriage as well you've got this person with you you're equals and the whole point is god has a plan for both of you and you're trying to help this person be their best christian you know for help them achieve what god wants them to achieve and they're doing the same for you you know and but sometimes i'd revert back to like you know who pays the mortgage kind of thing <laughs> like niger man and, and you know anyone who knows my wife knows that doesn't work that does not work well <laughs> sorry actually sorry something you mentioned actually you said it's about submission and normally submission is something that's usually more kind of talked about in terms of a woman with with her husband so when you say it's about submission in terms of the context of father and being a husband what do you mean by that yeah so the way from you know what we've what works for us and i believe the word is consistent with it ultimately the man's responsible for for the home whatever happens in the home you know the outcome of it the man's ultimately responsible mm. but your wife is your equal in a sense but also subordinate so what you submit to your wife you're submitting to someone who you believe has the best interest for yourself and your home mm. right you submit that to her. Ultimately, you're responsible for it. But can you come to the point where you submit this to her, you trust it to her, and she could even change your idea of the whole thing. You need to be mm. humble in the sense that I've married someone who God has kind of called me to for a reason. She's an amazing person, you know, and God speaks to her. She has her own ideas. She wants what's best for us. You need to be humble to the, you know, for me to be, to, to be humble to the point where you kind of submit to what she wants to do about a certain area of your family, you know, your life, your plans. And that was another thing I struggled with at the start. But I look back on it now and I'm like, wow, I'm glad we actually followed my wife's ideas wow. on certain things. Because if we if we did what I, <laughs> did what I wanted, like yeah. car crash, you know? And it's easy to say in hindsight, you know, I don't obviously tell her when things get heated. Like, I don't admit to things like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's it's amazing. I think that is that is the benefit of kind of doing things, doing things God's way. And God intervenes in that, in that, in that sense. So, yeah, the submission from that point. Yeah, classically, everyone says, my wife doesn't submit to me. And I, and I think on my wife's platform, it's something she, she deals with as well. But... A man should marry a wife of godly character that he can submit to. He can entrust things to her and submit to her when she wants to do things in a certain way. And a woman should do the same. If you don't marry someone you can submit to, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause problems. 
So with ki- everyone knows what fatherhood's like, it can be very challenging. And especially when sleep deprivation comes into it, all these things can can uh, can cause problems as well. So I think that's that's where kind of the sacrifice and the submission comes comes into it. And it doesn't make you any less a man or any less a father or um, it's not like you don't you don't run your own home for me personally. So I, I think that's where that's where the submission and the sacrifice of, of fatherhood comes in. Yeah. And and generally with fatherhood as well, like you're entrusted with a wife, you're entrusted with, you know, a child or children, and you should raise them in, in the way God wants them to go. You know, that that is a huge privilege and and a huge responsibility, yeah. It's not so much about kind of me or how I'm seen to the world or what my legacy is sort of thing. You know. Okay. Yeah. Peter and Tim, I both I saw you both smiling at different points. What were the what some of those thoughts going through your minds? <clears throat> yeah. Um I, I, one one thing that I picked up from Sam uh was um the the, the part where he said that he 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 fathers his children from the father god if that makes sense mm. you know um because uh in thinking about this you know one of the things that came to mind and came to heart <clears throat> for me in understanding fatherhood is looking back at the father who is our god and you know when i look at the example examples the multiple examples that he gives uh I, i'm able to derive my to my understanding and definition of fatherhood and hopefully have been trying to over the years apply it to my life so for me i guess maybe one of the first things that comes to mind uh pertaining to fatherhood is a father you know provides an environment for you know our children to succeed in and enjoy and i ask and you ask yourself why does he do that he does that merely because he loves us you know when we look at the example of of God from you know the book of Genesis we see that you know he created everything for them you know from Genesis chapter 1 uh, you know to the very end of Genesis chapter 1 and he, he said it was good and very good but when we look further he just did it because he loved he loved his children his children Adam and Eve if that makes sense so when i look at that and i look at what fatherhood is we we can't separate fatherhood from love because obviously right. God is love as our father if that makes sense so fundamentally the the um the flavor of uh, of fatherhood stems from love and you know we essentially provide that environment for our children you know um you know you know another thing that comes to mind when it comes to what fatherhood is to me uh it's about um you, you know safely providing guidance you know to our children you know against traps and challenges you know that they may uh you know face in life you know you know teaching and equipping them you know again when you look at the example of God as our father you know he he he's so amazing in the fact that he would say right all these things you can have you can eat all these fruits but of that particular fruit don't do so because of that particular tree sorry don't do so but if when you do so if you do so this is what will happen so it's like you know we as fathers you know i uh, should or should i say fatherhood should help us to look ahead almost for our children and be able to sensibly like guide them if that makes sense but all yeah. and advise them 
Um, so yeah, those are some of the things that come to mind as as it pertains to to fatherhood. Mm. And what about you, Tim? Yeah, one of the things I think uh, that Sam was saying is about the um, working together, like the teamwork aspect. I think uh, between me and Sarah has been so important. I don't know it, when you when you got twins, you certainly got your hands full, and people are oh, like, "How do you do it with two at the same time?" Kind of thing. <laughs> and I think when, when there's two of you, you can have one each. You can always, I, I feel sort of people would fit split, to be honest. Because <laughs> you've got, you got two hands, you can feed two babies. But it, there's so much teamwork involved in parenting. And, and like when, when you're overtired and um, it's like three o'clock in the morning and you're doing a night feed and the baby's like, you've got to change its nappy and everything at three o'clock in the morning. Like your temper is a trigger. And if, if you say the wrong thing, yeah, um, you've just got to be—you've just got to be so humble in those moments. The teamwork, like I, I remember, just in the middle of the night, we'd be doing a night feed, watching something ridiculous on Netflix on the iPad, feeding, and someone said something, and we just—I've just snapped at her. And as soon as I said it, I just remember regretting it instantly. I could have just said, I was just like, "Why have I said that?" Like. Just, like mm. I said, I into regret, but I, and I could have just sat there stewing and just been like, but so I, I and it, it happened a few times both ways. It wasn't just me, but in, the, in, instantly just said, I'm so sorry. Like I did not mean that. It's not me speaking. I'm just exhausted, kind of thing. And I think that's so key. The teamwork in those moments, um, but also and and the thing that we we said early early on is we the teamwork. There's three of you in this because we appreciate that these. That we've we've had these children; these are our children. But yeah. before that, they are God's children, and mm, He mm. He has given these children to us to look after. Mm. And we've just from day one, we've just been like, like these are a blessing, you know. Not everyone gets a blessing. Not yeah. everyone gets, and it, it's not a right that we have. It's something that that is given to us. Which we've just um, been so aware that these are God's children that we're looking after while on this. Uh, earthly planet that we're on so we want to be able to do the best of our ability as a, as a christian father that's really what it it means to me i really feel like that point that you made especially at the end is so important because the being able to remember that the children are not our possession but we're stewarding them um on behalf of god's ownership to them it, it makes such a big difference even in terms of something that i'm probably a long way away from experiencing but when they get older and you're having to release them to go on to do other things moving out um making decisions on what they want to do in life getting married those sorts of things as well um i think those are the kind of things that will be i'm sure influenced by our perspective on whether these children are purely just ours um or whether we recognize like you've really rightly pointed out that that we're stewarding them and and we're responsible for these children who are gods ultimately sam you're smiling i feel like you've got something to say there. i'm just gonna say like, Arnold, you've, you've got a girl so you're not far away from like the age of four mine was my intellectual peer you know <laughs> she was telling me off from, yeah. from a young age man so i was already asking her when she was gonna move out from four <laughs> So it's not far away. Also, when you have kids, you you age so much quicker because they grow yeah. so quickly. 
it's, so, it's actually yeah, funny bro. that you say that as well because me and my wife have this running conversation already where our, our daughter's only like like i said she's just around four months old and i'm already having conversations with my wife to say you know what you've got to get ready you know you've got to prepare from now because we're gonna have to release we're gonna have to be prepared for the time when she needs to spread her wings she needs to go she comes home and she's like oh yeah you know i met a fella who, who I'm, I'm trying yeah, no for real like uncle tolu's coming straight over no worry. real talk so, so so it's really interesting because i think even in the way That's that true. we're parenting from now like there's certain decisions that i make like i'm not i'm not being like reckless and just letting my child run wild and figure things out for herself but there's also like a certain slight looseness that i have in my mind where i'm conscious of the fact that don't hold it too tight <laughs> but i'm also enjoying these moments as well though but you know i think linked to that and then linked to something that sam said as well in terms of how we were brought up yeah i feel like because we're we're all like millennials or whatever it's called but like i feel like we approach fatherhood quite differently to the generation before us mm. how do you guys feel you know because growing up you probably had a perspective of fatherhood that came from kind of how our fathers interacted with us and how do you feel like that perspective is different to kind of how you're choosing to be fathers or the fatherhood experience that you guys have that's a really good question i think for myself i think the key the key word is explain you know i found that um you know, when I was growing up, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Wisdom clicks are just going on. <laughs> I found that when I was growing up, don't do this. Do not get a girl pregnant. Okay. Thank you for mentioning it. Um, but what, what I found from that generation um, was more of the, the why part. You know, um, even in, in that time, you know, I had a lot of wise if that makes sense not because you know one necessarily wanted to be rebellious but one just did not know so i guess even 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 at this young age now if i'm instructing my children but well, more so my boy because you know he, he's obviously of age whereby he understands things more than his daughter than his um, sister um don't do this i'm saying don't do this and i'm explaining why even my wife she's she's a master at that you know sometimes i sit down and i look at her and the way she explains something, she say, Sam, don't do this. And because she's very creative, she's able to just, you know, bring up different things and different ideas and different scenarios as to why he should not do it. And she, and, you know, I've learned from that too. So you, you really relate certain, you know, you they, they, when you explain to him as, as to why he shouldn't do something, you relate it to everyday things. Maybe in school, if you do this, this is what will happen. Or, you know, so, you know, I think the why part, is, is fundamental and uh, that's what I try to if you want to say both myself and my wife implement for, um, towards our, our son and our daughter that's good yeah I like that um, kind of approach I, I, I think I'd call it a consulting approach almost just with my toddlers <laughs> when, when the girls are toddlers it's just um, the one the one thing that I've really learned with the, with the girls when especially from the age of about 18 months too, is that um, the the one real example I had was with Evie, who was a bit more prone to having a stroke. If something didn't go away, she, she wanted everything her way. And I remember we were sitting at my sister's once and she was a bit tired, she was doing that, but she, I was trying to get her to eat her toast and she had it in two pieces. And I went, look, it'll be much easier if you just 
if you have it in smaller pieces and I just tore it in half for her and she hit the roof, she went mental. <laughs> for about, for like 15, 20 minutes, she was absolutely distraught. And I just, and, and I was a bit like, don't be silly about this. It's just your sandwich, I want you to eat and stuff. I thought, actually, if I was if I was sitting there and someone went over and just ripped my bag or sandwiches, I'm like, what are you doing? And I, and I just learned at that moment, like, and and well, not it wasn't that one moment. That's the one thing I can find. But I've learned over a period that if you if you literally consult with your children, you tell you explain to them, like you, and you're you're developing their ability to ration as well mm-hmm. and reason. If you if Absolutely. you just explain to them, just say and like so. For example, if they, they're going to sleep over because um, my father-in-law would look after them every week. So for like days before, I'd be like, oh, um, this Thursday you're going to go have a sleepover at your granddad. So then when it comes to it and I'm taking them there and I'm leaving them at the door, they know what's going to happen. They're prepared for it. They've reasoned it ahead and I'm not just going, see you later, I'm off. And they're going, oh, we're going to miss you. They know what's coming. They can reason it. They can ration it. You're consulting with them the whole time. So, and it can be anything minor or massive. You just build those little things into them. Tell them what you can do. Explain it to them. Because no one likes having a surprise. As you're saying, Peter, it's not fair to uh, just say oh because daddy says so which is something we all mm. heard growing up don't do that why not because i said so what's that yeah. mean that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've got Ab- absolutely this. you've got explain and, and you're telling them oh because it's not safe to cross the road without holding my hand you know it's not because you must hold my hand it's not safe there's cars you could get really hurt and then they're learning these things they're rationing they're reasoning by themselves eventually and i think it just helps them become a bit more rounded yeah, I think that why question is so important and the explanation behind it is so important. I think that's so true because I think actually when you see the best minds in the world, they're people who question and they're people who reason and they're people who understand. And actually, I think that's a lot of why kids ask why, because that's kind of yeah. what we're built to do as humans. So it's like you have an option. You can either develop that skill and develop that trait in them or you can kind of shut it down because you're saying no because I said so because I'm your dad you know and I think actually what you're really doing is you're really shaping how they're going to become as adults you know and that has massive impacts on your career on your like everything Mm. and I think you also even see that consistent with how God is with us Mm. going back to the garden when he said you shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil he said because in the day that you eat you shall surely die um, and gave a context to it and I think there's quite a few other places in scripture where we see the same pattern of how he doesn't just tell us do this don't do this um, me God you serve no, no context um, but, but he gives us a context he gives us understanding he gives us um, a lot of insight I think into some of the, the reasoning behind some of the, the things that he does obviously say yeah absolutely yeah, I, I think I would just say, like, the first thing, Tim, boy, if I ever drop my kids <laughs> at their <laughs> at their grandparents and they say, oh, we're going to miss you, my wife and I will just look at each other like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they were very, they were very young at the time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the of nursery, our twins just ran straight in, didn't even say bye. Or even <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, even now they ask, when are we going to go to my grandpa's house? 
Sometimes my son is like, Dad, you're, you're teaching my homework, but grandma has a better system than you. Wow. Well, that's why, wow. that's why I can read better now, because grandma... <laughs> you know, but, but, but for me, like, the when I look back at how I was raised, and then sort of later on in life, when I'm speaking to my dad, and you kind of get into how he was raised, so he never kind of had a dad when when he was growing up so I could kind of see how that shaped him and then for him a huge thing was coming from a background of almost you know no no privilege whatsoever not many people educated and his uncle kind of gave him a shot and he kind of grew up with this idea of obligation you know and rules because he had to live like that you know because for him it was so easy to fall by the wayside and, and a lot of people in that generation kind of from that background so he kind of lived that way and he kind of enforced that way as well and for for us the, you know the good thing is he he then kind of started to mellow out and then the explaining came later on you know i remember the last time i got my uh, my beating man. <laughs> Remember the age <laughs> when I got my last beating? <laughs> that was a turning point in my life when the explosion started. Then me and my dad became like boys, man. Like we were... <laughs> Was that because you got bigger than him? Is that what <laughs> no, 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 my dad my dad was always six six for ages, you know. Wow. So wow. Yeah, I never I never got bigger than him. But yeah, then then the explaining kind of came later, and it was a lot a lot early on was about rules and obligations, and I would say for us, we are we're not so much about the rules and the obligations. It's more about the heart, you know. I uh, when we were having our discussion about children, what kind of children we wanted to raise, there's there's sort of two types where you can raise compliant children or independent children, you know, and then the compliant children. I've had these things drummed into them. They would always do the right things when you're there. You know, not so, not really knowing the why. Mm. But then independent children, they've had everything explained to them. They have a kind of a more 3D view mm. of every circumstance because when um, challenges come up, you know, like you say, crossing the street, they analyze, they analyze better. So independent tend to be more creative. Mm. you know and mm. combined uh, like sort of dogmatic so we we wanted to have independent children that's kind of frustrating man I I, I, <laughs> I wanted to take it back so many times <laughs> like why do I have to explain this so many times why did you they just look at the world a different way and, and that makes me laugh sometimes and I think why didn't I think of it like that why is it like a six-year-old looking at something this way and I completely missed it? Mm. And, you know, sometimes it frustrates me and other times it makes me proud that, you know, we've raised a child that can look at things this way. So, yeah, I mean, for, for us, it's it's that rule, rules and obligation, <clears throat> but kind of changing it and tempering it with with more the heart and understanding, you know, in, as to why... As to why you do things, yeah. Mm. Deep, deep. Now, uh, uh, I'd agree with that because I think 
uh, I, re- I read it when we had the girls. I read a thing. It was about strong women and stuff, and they were saying, um, talking about defiant children. And actually, if you view defiance in the right way and you explain it, you're going to raise strong, independent people because they are questioning things that they don't think are right. And if you're just squashing it every time and saying, "No, do what I do, do what I do, what I do, do, do what I do," you, you're crushing their spirit. That that's that's going to lead them. And sure. It's like, what do we want? Like strong, independent grown-ups, but yeah. then we do everything we can to take that away from them at such a young age because we we view them as being naughty, whereas actually they're just sticking up for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, they they need to do what they're told most of the time. But I think <laughs> if, you explain, if you explain if you explain it rather than just tell them no, then they're going to reason that and they know why you're you're telling them to do what they're doing and, and I think that's so important yeah yeah I'll just say last thing when, when I the first time I explained the word hypocrite to them the amount of time <laughs> she couldn't think that was a hypocrite <laughs> 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 so yeah I have to be more careful now <laughs> 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 okay so i think we've we've touched a little bit on this actually but like what are some of those challenges that you guys have really felt kind of in that journey of fatherhood what would you say have been like the biggest challenges that you guys have faced and what have you actually done to kind of overcome and come through those i'd say um for myself uh it's time because you know um like you mentioned not saying that I don't spend time with my children, but it's more of you, you as obviously as your children get older, you know, um, you also had, I put it, you maybe in areas of your life, maybe, you know, God is helping you to climb up the ladder, maybe occupationally, mm-hmm. um, God is, you know, helping you to climb up the ladder in terms of maybe things that you're even doing for him. And those are very, very important. And then, you know, for example, you know, today, I found myself, you know, on the computer desk doing some, you know, if you're going to say proprietary work uh, for work tomorrow. And it was very important. And at the same time, my son was coming up, up you know, to me saying, oh, daddy, look at this. Look what I colored in. Look what I did. And I had to embrace him there. So what I've said to myself what, and what I've been saying to myself and what I've actually implemented in terms of, if you want to say, uh, uh, answering, how did I overcome it? So I, I know that I spend time with my son. I also know that, you know, um, I could spend more time. So in the mornings, because I'm always the first to wake up pretty early, then my son is usually the second person. As soon as he comes to the living room, so he runs to the living room. So as he runs to the living room, he knows to run up to me. I cog him, you know, and I slap him on the bum. I said, hey, my boy, good morning. <laughs> and, you, know, you know, and I kiss him on the cheek and I squeeze him really hard so he knows that he's, he's loved. And then what I do is, even if it is five minutes, I just sit down with him and I say, how was your sleep? How are you doing today? Did you look after your sister? Uh, and then afterwards, I say, and I just say, and I literally read the Bible to him. And I, I say maybe a short quote in a Bible, usually John 3, 16. And I explain it to him in, in language that he understands. Yeah. And what I've accepted and what, I, what I've said to myself is that even the five minutes spare here and there that you have, mm. utilize it because it is still called time. You know, a lot of the time we plan against, oh, I need an hour or half an hour or 45 minutes. Yes, if it comes up, absolutely jump on that. But even those five minutes here and there, mm. I've always, I've said to myself, I'm going to capitalize on that. Wow. I love that. That's really good, man. I love that. 
Go on, Tim. I see you, Tim. <laughs> Go on, Tim. <laughs> the biggest challenges of being a parent. Uh, I don't know, really. I think the the time thing. I was I was very lucky when the girls were young. I uh, so basically just before they were born, I opened a gym with a friend and I managed that. And then we got pregnant and then they were born. And then we've moved out a couple of times and this time a lot was going on. But then when the girls got 18 months, my wife Sarah, she wanted to go back to work because she was new when we got pregnant. And I was fortunate that the gym was in a place that I could step back. Um, and I was actually fortunate, I, I was really, really fortunate to be able to be kind of a stay-at-home dad four out of five days a week. And then she was at work. Um, then being a stay-at-home dad comes with a lot of challenges in itself. Like I'm going to bakery mm. groups and I'm sitting in, <laughs> sitting in the corner. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm the only man. None of the mums, like, you get the occasional mum coming and chat to me, but I'm sitting there like a bit, I've got the, the girls just running around like mad. Um, so, so that was quite interesting, but fun. Like you go to the super, you go to the supermarket with the girls, and you can see kind of like people looking at you like, oh, it's, it's this weekend, it's this weekend with the girls or whatever. Like, no. like yeah. everything. Um, but, but yeah, no, that that was it was like it was an amazing time. I loved being able to spend that amount of time with them. And but yeah, you know, but when when, when when we were really young, the NCT, we went to an NCT group to get to know other parents and babies, similar age and stuff. Most of what they said is rubbish. There's so much advice out there. No doubt. Uh, no doubt. Like, they te- like, and it's all, it's all, like, people, you'll, you'll be walking, you'll be walking along the street with your children and someone will just shout something at you because they think you're doing something wrong or they think that, like, everyone thinks that their opinion is what matters and everyone's got different opinions. And the one thing that we got from the NCT group, the one piece of advice was, if you're happy and healthy, as like, if you and your wife are happy and healthy, and your child is happy and healthy, children are happy and healthy, keep doing what you're doing and just ignore what anyone else does. And like that, that is just rain through every time. So anyone, anytime like I'm out and stuff, and people are looking at you a bit funny or think you're doing something wrong, like with twins, you probably know, like everyone wants to say something. Oh. You, you've got your hands full or oh, double trouble or something you're just like get lost mate you know, like, actually I'm having quite a lot of fun with my kids you know they're really good yeah. I love spending time with them but pe- people just want to say something and stuff and I just think you've just got to do like I think uh, parental instinct is strong like because you, you'll do and you know your kids so well and you've got to stick by that and people will say well you, you know you should be feeding your child you're screaming and stuff like yeah, get lost. I'm trying something here. <laughs> <laughs> you've just got to stick to your, as a parent, you've just got to stick to your guns and, and listen to people. I tell you stuff, and you can take it on board and you can try it. If it doesn't work, if it works for them, it doesn't work for you. It doesn't matter. Just carry on doing what you're doing. If you're happy and healthy, keep doing what you're doing. And that's what that's what we've done the whole time. And that's the one piece of parent that I'll give to my friends. Mm-hmm. Love that. No, that's that's true. I mean. Um... I was right now. One of my biggest problems is why my TV is always on the Disney Channel. There's three of them, so I'm outnumbered. Right. Uh, but 
at early on, I would say what what Peter said about the time is is definitely true. And I would say for us, or for me personally, it was balance. You know, like how do you still kind of carry these these ideas and these expectations that you had coming into courtship, marriage, you know, this future idea you had for yourself. Like I said earlier, I was way off, you know, when I when I started, <laughs> where, where I thought I was going and or how prepared I was. How do you guys carry that and then marry that with raising these two children, keeping a godly marriage? Um, and also, like he said, with your work, if you're, how do you still sacrifice and work hard and, you know, give your wife and your children the time, the time they, they deserve with sleep deprivation, with all, all the issues that, that come into the parenting. So that, you know, that was something we struggled with, with early on and and like 100%, like it's not even a cliche. Christians say it because they know it works. It's just to, to go back to the source, mm. first and foremost, because at, at some point, I think it's that conviction from the Holy Spirit that says, yo, this isn't working, you know? You guys are doing something, <laughs> you guys are doing something wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to look at other people's families on social media or whatnot to to see how yours is going but it's that conviction that says this is not fun this is not how you know a, a christian a christian home and marriage should be going i think and then we we go back into the word and you find out that this is just a manifestation it's, it's something that i don't know where we heard this but marriage doesn't cause problems it you know on earth so it reveals reveals problems yeah. if you had issues going to the marriage getting into a marriage would would just reveal those those problems all the cupboards will open and the skeletons will come out mm. so it's it's not the marriage cause is causing a problem go back to the source and you we found out that you know kind of our prayer life we were praying separately we weren't praying together you know but it's it's like a slow drift you know that happens because oh man we need to prioritize the, the children mm. and our twins were waking up one after the other they would never wake up at the same time mm. I don't know how they people would always say oh does one wake up the other one i was like no they worked <laughs> it out where one would wake up and then the other one would still be sleeping and then that one would sleep the next one would wake up so we never had them synchronized so it was always mm -hmm. tough it was always tough handling the night shifts um so that came into it and then you find that it's the slow drift of all these things that kind of forces you guys you guys apart and and it upsets the balance and for us it was just going going back you know praying together getting that getting that unity unity back and then from there you build on being disciplined with how you manage how you manage your time it's that that time again and you know you find out that you know there is time to to do all these things to commit to these things give give your wife the time you need to give her your children, you know, yourself. Usually the man needs to take a hit, you know, and just reduce the time he gives himself by like 95%. Varies <laughs> 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 from guy to guy, you know. Some guys is 99, but, you know, <laughs> some of us have to be tough and keep it at 95. But... 
it's that it's that kind of thing. So yeah, I'd say I'd say going going back to to praying together and, and and you know our faith and going back to our marriage kind of helped us with the foundation of of, of the balance of uh, that we that was a challenge for us. Yeah, early on. I think that's that's a really important point and actually just as we kind of close up actually that is one of the things that we just wanted to talk about as we kind of end so Sam you've already kind of touched on it so for Peter and Tim what kind of what what advice would you give on kind of mixing faith and fatherhood and kind of how does that kind of play out in your day-to-day life because I really liked what you were saying Sam actually about you know bringing back together that place of prayer and that kind of thing so so for Peter and Tim what would you guys say in terms of mixing faith and fatherhood Mm. Well, I, I would say that my faith determines how I father my child, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, um, so I, I guess the, in as short form as possible, my, my faith is fundamental. I derive all my fatherhood principles to my children from my faith. So if you wanted me to give typical examples, um, you know, I, even when in day day to day to day when I try to you know be a father to my son. So, example, if he's eating food, you know, I I ask him, "Oh, Samuel, have you thanked God for your food?" In you know, and I compare it to how Christ Jesus, you know, thanked God prior to the miracles of the um, you know loaves and the and the fish and the and the loaves, or I mean, teach my boy to share with his sister because at times you know <clears throat> there's all this Lego on the floor. And he, my my daughter somehow <laughs> wants to pick the one that he's playing with, and then he's like, "No, daddy, mommy," and then <laughs> and we're like, you know, Samuel, you know, you're a big man, you know, you're, you're like four years, nearly five years older than your sister, you know, you know, the Bible teaches you to share and to love, you know, and if you liken it to you know the, the word and you know it, you know love does not seek its own, so we try to, so those are practical things that myself. You know, and my wife, you know, try to do so. We look, we look at this scenario or situation that you know our children find themselves in, and then we ask, we we try to uh, marry it, you know, with the word, you know, practically. You know, uh, you can't throw Bible scriptures at children because they, they, in 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 the manner that we understand it, because they may not understand it fully. But you can at least compare it to other things uh, for them to to understand better. So that's that's how I practically uh, do things. Mm. And you, Tim? Uh, yeah, I think I'd go back to the point we were making at the beginning when I was talking about um, how me and Sarah we always viewed the, uh, the children being God's first and then us sort of their ads, but we're looking after them mm. for Him, their first and foremost, His children. And I think that determines a lot about how we parent because, you know, these are very, very precious beings, you know, we're here to look after them. Mm-hmm. And to nurture them and build them up. Um, in term, and practically, I think we uh, we were fortunate to get into the church that we we're in now, just before we had them. So we were about four or five months pregnant, I think, with the twins when we joined our church. And they were it was a very small church at the time, and they were the first children born at our church. But there's that old saying, you know, it takes a village children. And there's so much in that. And the church, if you can have the church as, you know, your village, your influence, mm. the people raising your children on your behalf and like influencing them on the side, sort of like when you're not there and they're the people you're hanging out with and they're the people they're learning from. Mm. I think said for that. Um, so we tried to do that a lot as well. And 
just getting them engaging with people in church and there's, there's anywhere else where a five-year-old child would mingle with 60, 70 year old people. <laughs> <laughs> like 40 year old businessmen are willing to take an hour out on a Sunday morning to look after. Where did you get that? For real. And, and this is the village raising the children, and they've got the same principles as you, all of that kind of stuff. So I think practically getting them into a good church environment and using those mm. people that, have in, that influence you on a day to day basis, influence your children. Mm. Practically, that's really yeah. important. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you. So, thank you guys so much for your time. Yeah. But I also just want to thank your wives because I think between <laughs> them, they're looking after about nine kids right now. So, <laughs> thank you so much to your wives for handling the while, uh, while we've been able to talk. But I know for me personally, as someone who's on my way towards fatherhood, that's a really, really useful conversation to prepare me. Um, I just want to thank you guys just for even the way that you guys are trying to raise your kids because the understanding that you're trying to apply, you know, the lessons that you've taken from your kind of your upbringings as well, it's really gonna make the next generation a lot better. So I just wanna kind of encourage you guys and say thank you for what you're doing and how you're fathering. Um, and I really hope that this is kind of, and I, well, I don't even hope, I know that this will help and bless people um, on Father's Day today. So thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you being on the show. Big time. And I think even for me as a new father, I definitely, got some nuggets to chew on from from all of the experience that you guys have shared and i just again just want to echo what Tolu said like thank you guys for for one being there as fathers and two being people who are representing what godly fatherhood looks like and choosing to build um your homes after the the example of of our father in heaven so keep going guys yeah and just one last thing is there anywhere that people can find you on social media if you so wish to be found on social media some of us are kind of secretive so you don't have to <laughs> but if you want to then yeah shout outs for your social media right now i, I haven't got a uh, platform that i've like i've only got my personal one to... i think you need to start getting the training videos up there bro <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah twintraining.com <laughs> 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 no. Everybody's silent. ghosting. Everybody's ghosting. No one wants to be found. Yeah, no, no one wants to be found. <laughs> <laughs> Cut this bit. Cut this bit. Yeah. Sorry. yeah, we did the whole episode without it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like we said already, if you if you're looking for me, I'll be in the kids' playroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be in the living room tearing up the Legos. <laughs> <laughs> Watching the Disney Channel over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, currently I'm dealing with Super Truck at the moment. Um, yeah. These things I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> one of the toughest things, one of the toughest things we're doing at the moment is mediating the arguments about what they're going to watch on TV. Because as soon as one of them wants to watch something, the other one's like, I don't want to watch that. And you have to say, well, what do you want to watch? Let's have a conversation. <laughs> uh, that's, that's one of the... That's one of the big ones at the moment, one of the connects. <laughs> okay. And then they've just watched something they've seen a hundred times before anyway. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I think we're done. Thanks for yes. having us, guys. Thank you thank guys for us. And thank Honestly, you to the listeners much. for listening as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Catch you on the next episode. Peace. <laughs>